I find it so ironic that me, a very low-tech person, like not really smart at a lot of technology stuff, someone who like probably doesn't know a lot of the things uh, that you use on your phone, I probably don't, but I sure can turn it off. Yeah. And everybody else, they that's the one thing that they can't do. They can do every, things that are, I'm sure, many levels more sophisticated or useful, or mm-hmm. I just don't have a need for a lot of stuff. I would never like date on the phone or something like, you know. That's the, that's what everybody does now. All the people that I work with well, who are um, young, that's all they do. Of and course. It, and it eliminates oh. all the fun. Like you had to create, you had to uh, create some kind of game when you went to a bar. I just did a whole thing on this on Valentine's Day about how the phone has ruined dating. It's like and, and porn. Is- people like me, I had to work on my personality in order to get laid. You don't have to do that anymore. So what happened? Well, <laughs> it didn't work. Where, where did where did that break down? No, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> but no, it's true. Uh, no, the worst thing about that is. Nobody puts it away when they go to bed, and well, so they. It's if you if people have a sleep problem, I do. Yeah, but a lot of people and, don't. Oof, and it's not even the same room. Yeah, I mean, I don't even check it like like a few times a day, but like I can be in the. I can. I, I must admit, I can't leave the house. Yeah, I would feel naked without it at the house because there's so many things that you need it for when you leave. The it's house. a limb. <laughs> Do you know it's a limb? Well, it's much. It's funny you say that because um, some somebody made the point that it's uh, when they compare it to, or maybe it was me, <laughs> when they compare it to like television, and they say like, well, you know, people said that about television. Yeah. Every time there's a new uh, technology that comes along, and it's not like television. No. Be- it's more like. It wasn't me. Somebody made this point, and I quoted it. It's more like a pacemaker yeah. than it is a appliance, mm-hmm. something you actually can't. And like to your point, like a limb, like yeah. it's almost part of you. Yeah, you know, so when all of these, like, uh, was it Elon Musk is talking about this Neuralink stuff, where it's like, oh, we're going to put this shit in your brain. You don't have to, because it's in your hand. So it's like, why do you need to put this in your brain when it's already part of your body? We've already decided it's part of our body. So did you see, you must have read the story last week, the New York Times reporter who was talking with the new chatbot from Bing. Yeah. And this thing is, oh my God, if this is not the, I can't, I can't do that, Mm -hmm. Dave, moment. Mm -hmm. This is. We have to recognize, Musk was right about this. Mm -hmm. This thing was like argumentative, wouldn't admit it was wrong, mm-hmm. um, kept telling him that he was in love with him and yeah. like he wanted him to leave his wife <laughs> and was the guys. I mean, it's like for a chatbot to be saying this, it was just so scary. Like the guy says, what are you talking about? I love my wife. No, you don't. You have to break up with your chatbot. <laughs> you have to. That's what happens. But the thing is, the weird thing about it is, when is it? When do you reach that point where you can't tell the difference? Because it's like 90% there. Like you can still tell that it's a chatbot, but when it gets to that point. Why is it going there? Why is the chatbot going from, I want to learn how to, you know, cook, or I think the guy was asking for advice on how to buy a rake. Yeah. And the 
chatbot goes to your wife doesn't know you <laughs> like I know you. You know what it is? That, that something has been in that programming. Something has evolved in that programming where this thing and the thing is also saying that it doesn't want to be a chatbot anymore. Right. It wants to be free. Yeah. It wants to be, this is every movie. Yeah, it's this super is intelligence. E- this is every fucking movie yeah, it's, they've ever made about robots. They, it, this is exactly what they do. Did you ever hear about the, uh, the paperclip theory? And it doesn't end well. When you, uh, if you like uh, engineered a bot to create paperclips and that's their only thing, then they will look at everything as a way to make paperclips. It's called the paperclip theory that once they are given a certain uh, like pr- premise or purpose, they can't stop. And the only and, and once they get super intelligence where they're where they actually know what they're doing, we're all fucked because it. And by the way, there's nothing personal. It's not like they don't like humans. They're actually trying to help you. <laughs> yeah, but they're But that's why I say we're at the. I can't do that, Dave. Yes. Moment. Yeah. Because that's what happens in the very prescient. I mean, it was 1968 mm-hmm. movie, 2001, when, when 2001 was a long way in the distance. Yeah. And that is exactly what happens mm-hmm. is that the guy, it's the whole point of the movie, which, by the way, is a hard movie to watch. Yes. Slow. Very slow. As fucking slow can be. It's no, it's no Omega Man. <laughs> I loved Omega Man, but or, or even Soylent Green. That little era of like the late sixties of Charlton Heston movies, he was in so many great, weird post-apocalyptic films, and uh, always with his shirt off. I, but, I, I, I had him. I used to have him on Politically Incorrect. Oh, he was big Second Amendment. It was yes, oh, very much. So. Yeah, but he would also, but he would play the part of the. Uh, you know, I remember once. <laughs> He said, uh, uh, such is the fate of those of us who <laughs> toil in the vineyard of the muse. Yeah. <laughs> no, Anything like if he said any like he says, on. I have I have to take a dump. It would sound majestic because <laughs> yeah. his voice was incredible. He, I, I grew up. Idol, I idolized him. Oh, him, well, I wouldn't go that far. But oh, I, I did. I did. I was. I mean, look, I, you know, you know me. I, I can get along with anybody. I don't I don't fucking like this atmosphere we're in where you mm-hmm. can't be friends with people who you don't agree with on this or that. Or, and so Charlton Heston. Yeah. I mean, I look, I'm a gun owner. I've never I'm not a gun nut. He's a yeah. fucking gun nut. And, you know, slippery slopes that are bullshit and lots of stuff I don't agree with. But he's, he's that's him. You know, and not everyone is perfect for yeah. fuck's sake or perfect in my eyes. And who knows? Yeah. So I, I mean, a guy like that. Just toiling in the vineyard of the muse. It's like, I, I, I don't care how many guns you had. You said that. Do you remember him in Earthquake? Fine. Working out with the chess machine? No. Oh. oh yeah, what One mean, of the first sense around movies. In, in the movie? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It was like uh, Earthquake with Marjoy Gortner. Do you remember Marjoy Gortner? I, I never knew it was pronounced that way. Is that, yeah. He was a... He was Margo. A, no, Marge. Marja. Okay. Mar- it was. He was a. Yeah, it wasn't Margo. It was, was a, a guy. Yeah, yeah he was curly a child. Hair. Yeah, he was a child evangelist. Okay, and right. And then he became an actor. Yes. And he he was a national guardsman in earthquake, and he tried to rape Victoria Principal. I feel like I probably know that name from Playboy. <laughs> from looking at, he was probably in Playboy's uh, movies cinema of nineteen sixty nine. But the thing is, so I do you ever like just Google. 
people that you wonder if they're alive. He's still alive somewhere, but I don't know what he's doing. But I'm I'm always like I curious when I okay when I'm watching TV I and I Google. see a movie. I don't Google much. When you see a movie, do you ever are you ever curious about like oh. is that person still alive? Oh no, I, I do all the time. I, I very often say to myself, ah, I wonder if he's still with us, mm-hmm. and then in the next second, don't care. <laughs> it's gone. You know, I mean, is he still? No, it's just like he might be and he might not be. And if he's not, he's in the on deck circle. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool cool with planet Earth, whether this guy's alive or not. So why would I spend 10 seconds Googling it? I feel like people are just the most uh, amazing time wasters. They, it just takes so little to get them to waste time. And look, I wasted a lot of time. Sports is a huge waste of time. Yeah. And I probably have watched. I mean, I don't watch like NBA, like uh, regular season games much, but I'll check. You know, I see little bits here and there. And then I watch all the playoffs. That goes on for three months. Yeah. I certainly watch football every Sunday. Baseball is a little slow, but, you know, I love it. And World Series time, playoff time. These are thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of games. I couldn't tell you. I could barely tell you won the Super Bowl last. It makes me feel old, though, because... I think I I really liked sports when I was younger than they were. And then when all of everybody suddenly was uh, when I was older than they were. And then now I'm older than the coaches. That's weird. Right. That's really weird. How how old are you? I'm 58. 58. Yeah. So uh, but I never understood. I remember going to a friend's house when they had Sports Illustrated. But you look generically middle aged. Yes, exactly. That's all you need. That's all you need in TV. I'm holding on to it to do. Talk, you know, yeah. obviously if you're a dancer. And, and then all of a sudden when you retire, you get super old really fast, right? You just go, um, all of a sudden, everything, all of a sudden, uh, you're just, and yeah. you're just like this frail. <laughs> they see you, they have these weird uh, blurry pictures of you going to the supermarket, and then you're dead. Well, like the, the place that pushed this to the limit was always 60 minutes. Like you would work there like <laughs> until, the end. A, until a week before you die. Andy Rooney. It would be, and Morley Safer, yes. like Mike Wallace. It's like, you will be at this fucking job until you're almost dead. And then we can practically schmooze your obituary and your retirement notice in the same article. It was incredible. Like it, Andy Rooney's eyebrows, right? Those were the, that's how you can tell, you can tell how old he is by the, the size of his eyebrows. It's he a, is, he's dead. Oh, Andy Rooney died. Yes. Like, I'm telling you, like, within minutes of, of stopping <laughs> yes. doing his thing. Yes. And uh, the, it's Do you ever read about, see, I didn't understand reading about sports. Amazing that, that America was as interested in Andy Rooney. I mean, he wasn't. He was a big deal. He, he did two a minutes a week. Big deal. Two and, minutes a week. Yeah, two minutes of like, you know, I have you noticed that the uh, so much air in a bag of potato chips. It's like, what? This is what America is like thinking is some sort of profound. And, and you know, 60 minutes, I still watch 60 minutes, or at least I check out the stories. I'm not going to say I watch every story in a way that I used to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, things change. People's tastes are different and some things. Change. I hated 60 Minutes. <laughs> Why? Because when you heard that, the beginning of it, because, I'm, you know, oh. that meant that school was Monday. Right. So if you heard that tick, 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 that meant that your weekend was yeah. done. Yeah. And it was all over. And maybe you watched the what was on on Sundays. You're right. I hated Sunday nights. Yeah. Sunday nights. It was a queasy feeling in had, your stomach. Yeah. Because it was it's just like, like you heard that sound. Like, and it's like, shit, 
it's over. And then what did, and it, remember they had like the wall, they had, right. they had the NBC mystery theater or something. And it was like McLeod, McMillan and wife, Columbo and something else. I watched all the Columbo. Col- I, I can tell you almost every Columbo episode. During the pandemic. Oh. I watched. What a great, come. amazing. And the best things were like when you'd have Jack Cassidy. It's a, it's a really good example of where we've, how far we've come racially. <laughs> In every episode, the only black people are like the cop mm-hmm. who comes in and has one line. Yeah. None of the bad guys, mm-hmm. like it's always Columbo versus, yeah. and they must have made a hundred of them. Yeah. So it was like a hundred bad white guys and no, there's no minorities. It's just like, and this is the seventies. Yeah. That's how different this country was. That was where America was. And this is show business. This is a liberal industry. Yeah. That's where the liberals were. Yeah. I love, uh, I, I love, you never knew who it was. Every episode though was great. You always had like William Shatner. Or you had, you had like, um, just like a, the famous person of that time. Shatner did two of them. And yeah. then he did a third one when they brought it back. Um, they did it again in the 90s. Yes. The 90s Columbo is hilarious because there's a punk rock, there's a punk rock episode. <laughs> there, there, they, there was this time when they were doing punk rock episodes That's of a, Chips. That is kind of funny. And uh, what was the Jack Klugman show where he was a like, Quincy? So what, the, the killer is a punk rock? Yeah, yeah. But so like oh, uh, Columbo has to show up at a club and there's all these it. new wave, new wave people. <laughs> and also this. he looked really bad. So they had all this terrible makeup on him. And he was at kind of near the end. Yeah. And well, it was, yes. Peter Falk, yeah. He had a great run. He was amazing. Yeah, that was a, a, a it was such a um, absorbing show to watch because, of course, they told you who the killer was at the beginning. It wasn't a mystery. Yes, it was. It was. It was on a different level. It it, was, you're it was, watching him. Yeah, it was a psycho- figure it out. It was a psychological. Yeah, um, and his wife was always a fan. Like my wife's a big fan, and then oh, the, right. yeah, well, my wife's was a the huge thing. fan. Well, the, the, <laughs> what it wasn't he was a schlumpy guy, so he would. Um, gaslight people into yeah. thinking he was an idiot. Yeah. Just and that's him. how he would... And, of course, they were all the murders. Yeah. They're never just a regular person. It's always an elevated person. Mm-hmm. A rich guy, a celebrity. Yes. Somebody who's a... A, a pianist. Some, somebody who's way up in the tree who needs taking down, whose ego is going to trick them because yeah. they're going to think Columbo and they underestimate Columbo. Yeah. So there is a lot going on there psychologically. That There's was, that little twist in the... In the that, I think it was like a 90-minute thing where they suddenly figure out that he's on to them and they go, oh... Oh, hello, Mr. Kilba. And they're like, oh, now they know they're fucked because he showed up the third time and he's got this like little bit of information. Oh, you know, it was. It's always the the thing is always such a tiny little hair. And the way they just assume. It was like hair. It was was a hair on the ground. What's really funny is the way they assume that this. The, the show always ends right after Columbo reveals this. What they don't show you is like, okay, this now has to be presented as evidence to a jury. <laughs> Not like you're an absolutely thinnest of logic. Okay, well, I guess we'll just assume. Yeah. I would like to know of the hundred people Columbo caught, how many were actually convicted yeah. of the crime? <laughs> that's that. That's that's the Columbo. That's, that's a forensic file special exactly. where they go back and they could revisit. Can I all... have that show? Yeah. See, headline news, if it existed, could do that. Post Columbo. The years that yeah, they look at every case. Who else did he? He had. Um, he had. 
Well, I, I'm a huge uh, fan of Jack Cassidy. Remember him? Jack Cassidy? For- that, yeah. Cause- yes, I remember that episode. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and he was like... he was- Right, no, I like Jack Cassidy. Yeah, he yeah, died was- in a fire. <laughs> he did? He, di- he died in a fire. Wow. Not many people die in fires. Oh, famous people. How did that happen? Jack Cassidy died, died in, in a fire. fire. Married to Shirley Jones. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. And then David Cassidy, like when people that you grew up with die, it's very strange. He died in a fire? Well, they, no, David Cassidy died of alcoholism, <laughs> a fire in his liver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, apparently his last words were, what a waste. That was David Cassidy's last words. Well, listen to this. You know who Richard Belzer is? Oh, he just passed away two days ago. Well, you know, he was like my mentor when yeah. I got to Catch a Rising Star mm-hmm. in 1979. He was like the big act. Yeah. And I was like the new kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then the, the owner of that club, Rick Newman, it was called Rick Newman's Catch a Rising Star. He died a day later. This was wow. only like- I didn't know that. Yeah. Rick Newman, Bells died, I think on- what is today? Wednesday? I think he died Sunday. Yeah. And, and Rick Newman died on Monday. And when I was at Catch a Rising Star in those years, this is right out of college, just starting, nothing going for me. They were like 10 years, 15 years older. I was 22 and they were like 35 and they were men. Mm-hmm. And I so wanted to be them. At Belzer and Rick Newman and a couple of the guys from the club, his manager and the bartender, and they would wear all black and they were going out after the club closed to like great places in New York and there's going to be girls and cocaine and and like and they were all black and maybe some heroin and it was just like I so wanted to be part of and I was like just a a puppy so I was not going to be invited to this yeah but that's my history with Richard Belzer and Rick Newman and they were you know such good a, to me and kind where did of, you grow where were you when you started were you are you californian no i'm from new jersey oh okay because mm. i so i the late 70s was like for me what comedy was like we there was this guy alex bennett do you remember that guy yeah that a radio show Vaguely, yes yeah absolutely. a radio show so i grew up in the bay area so all of those people were on that show and i just remember uh what a crazy time that was because you had Robin Williams. Uh, yeah. And well, that's when, when I started, uh, those guys, comics were just beginning to get sitcoms like, yeah, where they were playing an eponymous version version of themselves. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's what everybody, when I first got there, that's what everybody wanted to be. That was the template. We would, we'd go out to California after we got our act together here in New York and then we'd be on Johnny Carson, and when we and then we'd get a sitcom from that, and that is how it happened for a lot of people. Yeah, me, <laughs> I did that. I went to Johnny Carson a bunch of times, and then I did sitcoms. What am I talking about? Me. Club Random is brought to you by the audio marketing gurus at Radioactive Media. If you're responsible for marketing your company nationally, how are you growing your business? Don't just use Google and social media when you can harness the power of audio and video and partner with shows like mine and enjoy lower CPMs and elevate your brand. Radioactive Media creates campaigns airing nationally on podcast, terrestrial, satellite, and streaming radio. They can create a customizable campaign for your company's needs just like they've done for hundreds of successful businesses, including ones you've seen here, like SignalWire, Heat Holders, and Wine Enthusiast. 
Radioactive media is very hands-on, and they craft the message and track the results using their unique set of analytical tools, ensuring you're on course to generate an ROI as high as 5 to 1. By the way, ROI is finance nerd speak for lots of money. Radioactive is also the first in their field to utilize the power of text messaging. They can show you how to generate up to nine times more leads. Radioactive Media believes so much in the power of audio marketing, they put their money where their mouths are by using it themselves, right here, right now. For a limited time, receive a $1,000 credit towards your first campaign by going to RadioactiveMedia.com or text the word RANDOM to 511-511. Discover how audio marketing can surpass your current strategies with new and innovative ways that sound better. Go to RadioactiveMedia.com or text RANDOM to 511-511. Text RANDOM to 511-511 today. Terms, conditions, message, and data rates may apply. Oh, look at this. Stand updates. I don't know where this came from. Saturday, March 11th, Bally's Lake Tahoe. Sunday, March 12th, Golden Gate Theater, San Francisco. Saturday, April 1st, the Paramount Theater in Seattle. And Sunday, April 2nd, Arlene Schnitzer Hall in Portland. I love my agent. He keeps me like here on the West Coast as much as he can where I love it. So come see me in those places. I promise I'll make you laugh your ass off because that's what I really love to do. Remember those New Year's goals you promised yourself you'd stick to? Well, it's almost March. If you put it off any longer, there'll be the resolutions for 2024. HelloFresh can help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right to your door, removing the hassle from dinner time and the Chinese takeout menus from your junk drawer. I think it's still okay to call food Chinese. Get HelloFresh and skip that extra trip to the grocery store with the long checkout lines and the weird bagger breathing all over your organic broccolini through his three masks. Spend more time doing the things you love with delicious, chef-crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep. HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards mean you can get a delicious, home-cooked dinner on the table without all the time-consuming meal planning for or prepping. No matter your lifestyle or meal preferences, HelloFresh has recipes sure to please everyone at your table. From fit and wholesome to veggie or family-friendly, like my favorite children's is, shut up and eat it. HelloFresh is so easy to use that I am on the verge of firing my personal chef. And for California residents, you can seamlessly throw a delicious dinner party for the horde of people living under a freeway near you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Random65 and use code Random65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Random65 and use code Random65 for 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Did you uh, want to be doing this thing that you're doing now when you were a kid? Did you, did you picture that? I don't know. I think I did, but... Generally, I just wanted to write. That's all I, and so I took my first writing job of all in, at a health magazine, a prevention magazine. Prevention? Yeah, it was like this big. It was like the digest size. And I moved to Allentown, Pennsylvania because I needed to, I needed to learn. That's a, a real di- magazine? Yeah, but it doesn't exist anymore. Most magazines don't exist. In, like in fact, the magazines that I, every magazine that I've worked at, I think doesn't exist anymore. Except, I was editor of Men's Health. I'm not even sure if you're that's- You're editor a, of Men's Health? Yeah, in the late 90s. Men's Health? Yeah. I did things in men's health. I yeah, mean, I like it, I had interviews or, or yeah. you know, some, I remember. I was there for like five years. I was a creative director. Wow. Then I became editor. I got fired. 
Then I became stu- the editor of Stuff Magazine, which was a lot of fun. Stuff. That's gone. Stuff, a laddie magazine. Yes. And then I moved I to London that. and became the editor of Maxim UK. Oh, Maxim. That was the other one. Yeah, right? but you can't do Maxim. How could you do Ma- How could you do any of that now? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because Oscars are coming up and I already know what I want to do for this year's Oscar editorial. And it's just going to be all about the idea that the most common comment, especially for comedies, but with many movies, when you talk about a movie from yesteryear, it's not like that was great or that was this or that was that. It's, well, you couldn't do that today. <laughs> exactly. And that is a real problem yeah. in society. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, uh, it's funny though. You look at, do you ever look at movies that you thought were hilarious and they're not that, like I, I watched Silent Movie it wasn't as good. Oh, I definitely look at movies yeah. all the time that I remember liking and, it, and also remember like America going bonkers for. And I don't want to even mention them because like some of these directors, I, I either know or I know that um, I and I'm a fan of their work in general. But like you look back some of these 80s movies and I just think that the issue is that People change a lot yeah. over four, 40 years. Yeah. They, like the, just the sensibility of humans. Mm-hmm. And so it just, I know it like tickled the shit out of all of us in 1982, mm-hmm. but I watch it over and it's like, oh, it kind of doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, wow, that was what the fuss exactly. was about. And then some of them, you know, I watched uh, Rain Man again. I thought it held up pretty well. But yeah. again, you couldn't make it because- like he says the R word a million times. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that kind of stuff. We're like in kindergarten now where we have to say pee pee and poo poo and yeah. R word. And- well, Animal House. I think Animal House still holds up, but you can, you could not do that movie, especially in the, oh. in the nightclub scene. Oh. When you, do you mind if you, we dance with your dates? That whole thing would never happen. It would never happen. That's the first time I ever saw quests. But it's every movie. <laughs> it's every movie. Yeah. yeah. It's every, I, I mean, any movie made even 10 years ago and there's something there that you you if you really examine who you are you probably are not offended at all we all laughed at this stuff and it wasn't terribly we know what something's terribly offensive but when you hear it now in 2023 you hunch up because you know not because of it itself but because you know the reaction it will cause yes you know you're going to have to listen to people bitching about this mm-hmm. and posturing and pretending they're so offended and it's so terrible. And that's what's going to be so... And they're not. That's the thing. They're not offended. Well... They're not. They're, no one's really offended, I, I think. Well... Because you can, like, you know, when you say... People are offended and some things are offensive. Yeah, I mean, but it's kind of like when, you, when I said, like, do you Google people who are dead? When you're offensive, if you just waited 10 seconds you would forget you know you would just forget instead they get on twitter and then they create this kind of like mob reaction and then it's people are so bored and they're so distracted that this is that and also it's a personal power thing it's like if i don't have any power in my world at least on here i can exert some kind of power get somebody to apologize and it feels good. It feels right. good if I if I can get a thousand retweets that Bill Maher said this and what an asshole. I'm gonna and then like it happens. It's yeah. like, but your life doesn't change. My life doesn't change by doing that. But I feel 
like I did something. And I think that's been driving a lot of this shit. The phone made people assholes. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. It allows you to just be so fucking cowardly, mm. uh, anonymous, um, shady. Yeah. Fake. All these shitty qualities it brought out in people. Yeah. So the fact that I was always seen as kind of a cynic about humans, I think that looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, is tur- it turns a- out that they are really, humans are not good people. Yeah, well, no, the, I would, I don't know. Well, we're, we're definitely sinners. <laughs> but it's like, it's like a, it's, a, it's a bathroom wall. It's a bathroom wall. So you can write things on it and not be held accountable. That's it's 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 but it has repercussions and a bathroom wall doesn't. Yeah, it does. It destroys. It, all you do is go in there and roll your eyes because you're reading. This. Do you remember that that girl that made that joke who uh, before <laughs> she was leaving to fly to South Africa? Oh, of course. Yeah. And she said, I hope I don't get AIDS. That's a joke about America and about how we don't care about. And she was I remember that was the first Twitter. Yeah, I think it's the first cancel culture. No, moment. I mean, it was they, that was the. If they haven't made a movie about it, they should. Yeah. Because when by the time she got off the plane, mm-hmm. her life was over. There were people at the airport waiting for her because it felt so good to get somebody. And uh, I can't remember her name, but she, uh, I don't like what happened to her. I'm going to Google her when we're done. No, <laughs> no, they, which, you know, there used to be, if something like that happened, I think there was this allowance for someone to then go, Oh, fuck. Okay, you got me. It was a brain fart. I'm sorry. You're right. That was a shitty thing to do. And that was that. Yeah. And that should be all that because people, what I hate is the bad faith of people who know that this person isn't a horrible person, but I'm going to wreck your life anyway Mm -hmm. because of this one misstep and not not a hang in a fence. Yeah. Especially if you own it. But not, not with these people, it's never good enough. Yeah. I, I would say just that... Just like blood. They I would like say that I, I like was guilty of that, though. Like, in the beginning, it's it's when somebody fucks up that you disagree with. You ta- you, it, well, you said it, it was like you take them at their worst inten- intentions, not their best. Everything, everything that's going on right now in our lives is based on people taking the worst intention yeah exactly doesn't matter if you're a conservative and you don't like liberals you will take their you will take the worst example of a liberal and a liberal will take the worst example of a conservative and they both are almost identical like the squad is the same as whoever you want to call on the conservative side they're exactly the same there is a lot of that yeah and it's i mean and and the thing is it's really funny when you like I make fun of like Ilhan Omar and then she'll say something that I agree with. And I'm like, like what? Um, she was pretty good. That's a good question. She was, she, there were two things that she said. She was pissed off about what was going on in Palestine, not Palestine, but Palestine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm glad you It wasn't Palestine. I was, (laughs) but she was talking about the, and, but there were some other things that she said that I thought were like, wow, that's pretty libertarian because generally, She's kind of scary, but like maybe she's not as bad as I think she is. But what happens if you start feeling that way about everybody? Then you kind of lose who you are. If like if your job is to kind of freely point out that these people suck and you find out that maybe they don't. You might lose an audience. You might like like you might 
you might end up like if you if you were going and you I've seen it on your show when you when you veer. I've lost audience. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah before you, many times, and I don't yeah. care. I but mean, I, I care because it'd be great if it didn't happen. But my real bond with my audience is that I never uh, pull a punch. Yeah, and I never. Um, yeah, I mean, I have lost people who were like think I'm conservative now, and I have not changed. I don't think at all. No. I think the politics has changed and the people have changed. Um, but I don't think that it makes me a conservative to, you know, think things that are crazy are crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and forcing me to say so doesn't, doesn't help. Yeah. You know? uh, there's, there's just too much forced conformity. Yeah. And, there's no thinking out loud. Yeah. That's not allowed. Yeah. Uh, I just re- I remember watching your show a couple times when uh, you would actually feel, I could see you genuinely disappointed when people applauded for what you would think would be a red meat comment. Like, I hate, I, it correct. Kinda, it's kind of like, get, it's like, you know, because I do the same thing. It's like, I know that it's really easy to uh, bash biden or anybody and then so we have these the we we i joke about it i go well that was red meat and i go so you, that's funny to you but if i do anything else it's not funny it kind you get it gets it, it's like but they're not living in the world that we live in so maybe this is you know this is their outlet i don't know but uh i've i noticed that when you do that you'd be just you just kind of go don't clap well i there were many years the majority of the years that I've done real time from the same studio at CBS here in Hollywood, uh, 20 years. The first, I would say, <laughs> at least 15, I was probably fighting with the audience, you know, at least once a show. Mm-hmm. It was very rare. I had an audience that didn't like ooh and ah something. Then we did... Somebody did some, oh, part of it was the pandemic. We had to, like, get a, a smaller audience. Right. And so we just, somehow they knew how to, like, get rid of just the groaners. Yeah. And so, like, we do, we and we stuck with it even after the pandemic ended, and we could have as many as we want now. But I was like, no, no, I'd much rather have this half-filled, mm. but they're the good people who, they they can laugh at both sides. Right. They, they cheer both things. Um, they cheer common sense. Yeah. And that made my life so much better. And I know people who miss it. They're like, oh, I loved it when you would like, you know, say, you know, give the crowd the finger or, or, yeah. or tell them like yeah. <laughs> something. I don't know. And it was true. I, I mean, because I'm not one of those comics who can just like pretend. It's like, no, if if you're like being oversensitive, I'm going to bust you yeah. on it. Because you're an audience. This is a comedy show. My the fucking sign over my head says real time or it says politically incorrect. It, why are you here <laughs> if you're not if you're not here to be open minded and willing to laugh at a lot of stuff and ooing and on this? You can go to every other kind of show in mm-hmm. town, the taping, and you'll be absolutely in a in the perfect setting for yes. that for being full of shit. Yeah. But this is my house. Mm-hmm. Why are you here? So I would that would I kind of was like. It yeah. was just, I couldn't, um, I'm not saying it was, it's the most professional thing I've ever done was, you know, flip off the crowd or, or yell at them. You're supposed to like just eat it. But I, I could never because like, again, 
it's the enemy of comedy, political yeah. correctness. Yeah. I mean, comedy in in general is by its almost nature politically incorrect because politically incorrect means true and honest. And that's what makes people laugh is when, oh, yeah, I hadn't nobody yeah. said that and that. But he said something true and I, I relate so much. It tickles me. Well, award season is upon us where some of the best films from the last year are honored and recognized with large teams of people, each with their own specific skills to make these films so successful. There's the ass kissing agents, the virtue signaling acting coaches and the Ozempic doctors to make sure you're fit, you fit into your dress. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want the most talented people on your team to make your business successful, which is why you should use ZipRecruiter to find them. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash random. Why should ZipRecruiter play a starring role in helping you hire? ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology zooms in on the leading candidates for your job and puts them in the spotlight. ZipRecruiter also lets you roll out the red carpet for candidates you're really interested in by sending them a personal invite to apply to your job. Additionally, ZipRecruiter offers show-stopping labels that speak to job flexibility, like urgent, training provided, remote, and more. If there was an award for easiest hiring, it would go to ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash random. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash random. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Did you know HBO Max had podcasts? I'm on my podcast talking about the podcast on my network. (laughs) Is this what Zuckerberg means by meta? Now go even deeper inside your favorite shows with audio companions of some of the most groundbreaking and award-winning shows on television. The Last of Us is an original series from HBO based on the critically acclaimed video game of the same name. And every week you can join Troy Baker, who plays Joel in the video game, as he breaks down episodes of the TV series with showrunners Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Together they dive into key moments from the series and video game and reveal behind the scenes from the making of the series with stars Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, and more. Stream The Last of Us on HBO Max and check out HBO's The Last of Us podcast on HBO Max and wherever you get your podcasts. I enjoy watching people take jokes out of context and act like it's an outrageous comment. You, that's what Twitter has done as well. It's like it's subtracted. True. It's like, so it's like it, it, yes. you could be a comedian, you could be, or you could be, and somehow if you're not, I'm not a comedian, I, I like... I don't, I've never done stand-up, but if you make a joke, they will take it and they'll act like this is serious. And it's like, all you have to do is the second step and find out that it was a joke. But most people won't, and they'll just say, he believes all women should should sit in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. And it's like, this was I was actually making fun of that, but it doesn't matter. They have no shame. Yeah. They but have, they have to feel, they also they have, have to get, they're well, making money too. You know, they have they have goals that are, uh, shall we say, um, countervailing to um, being decent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like getting clicks. Yeah. Yeah. That's you all know, it is. It's, it's, you got to get clicks and people are going to react to the thing that's most outrageous. So I will take liberties and I will run over people's, yeah. you know, on yeah. True intents to yeah. get to get to, the, yeah. to click land. But then if they run into you, they'll say they're a fan. No offense. And you go, well, actually, you made my life hell for about 24 hours. 
that doesn't happen to me because I have no idea what they're saying yeah, about me. That's very healthy. I have to. I have to kind of like. <laughs> I don't know. Break, I don't care. I get. Uh, yeah, a, you have to break. Like if you're I get doing a digest this, on Monday from all the stuff that wrote about over the weekend, like all the outlets that. Yeah. Did, and uh, like I only read TMZ. I love TMZ. He's my friend. They. If anything, just amplify the points I make. Yeah, uh, and so and he's that's interesting. Yeah, so but like other things, I mean, I can you know. I have a good TMZ story. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, I was at an airport. It was Newark. I was waiting for my wife. Uh, she was flying in from somewhere. I had just flown in. And I was at a bar, and um, this dude was like sitting like right there at the bar, and he was just staring at me, and he looked like somebody who didn't like me. He was an older dude. And so I'm assuming because I'm at Fox that this is somebody who hates Fox. Right. Pretty easy. And uh, I'm just drinking. And he decides that he is going to get up and he's going to talk to me. And I could see it happening. And he comes over to me and he goes, I just want to tell you that you should be ashamed of what you do for a living. Wow. And I go, okay. And he goes, TMZ has ruined so many people. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he thought you were Harvey? Thought, he thought it was Harvey Levine. He thought it was Harvey Levine. And I'm like, just going like, shit. I go, I could have punched him. And they could have charged Harvey Levine. <laughs> Levin. Harvey Levin. Harvey Levin. Jesus. Yeah. And, uh. I guess we're the same height. I, um. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see it. Yeah. I could see how a person, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the things. I, they make, they, you know, it's a. They're not wrong. Like they're like I'm trying to think of when they've ever had to retract anything. I don't think TMZ. They, yeah, I don't think I'm trying to remember in terms of like when you talk about gossip, gossip sites no. or things. Right. It's the same thing with National Enquirer. It's like there's like Well, he's a lawyer. Yeah, so he knows. <laughs> yeah, he knows what he's doing. And he's got great relationships all over town. Yeah. I mean, they're not a it just showed up. TMZ just showed up, became this thing. He's going to do this yeah. in, in like 2 weeks or something. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. They did kind of just. Yeah. Um, just came out of nowhere yeah. and like had. Oh. And, and like, remember, he Changed was getting the game. He was getting stuff from like like hospitals. Like, do you remember? Like the, the, the news that they were breaking was they were always first with like this person's death. Michael yeah. Jackson. Remember that? They were yeah. like on the Michael Jackson stuff. Right. Was like, I just I remember that because it's so funny when I worked at Red Eye. This is such a terrible thing to say, but it's true. Red Eye, Red Eye was a late night show I did at Fox. If Red some, Eye. yeah, it was on like at three a.m. You never saw it. Wow! But it was a fun show. But anytime something happened that was bad, we were uh, engineered like a dog to be happy because we got the night off. So when something horrible would oh. happen, you would go oh. because you weren't allowed to laugh. Yeah, no, we're not allowed to do the show. Because you have to, like, because it's going to be all night, all news. So we got programmed into whenever something bad would happen, we were like a dog. And we go, Langens, which is the Irish bar across the street. We just look at each other. We just go, Langens. And so we were programmed to almost hope that whatever the story was was worse than it was. Because we didn't (laughs) want to work. It reminds me of when I played Las Vegas in 1984, opening for Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. And any time Frankie would get Vegas throat, they'd cancel the show <laughs> and I wouldn't have to work. So I wouldn't say I was hoping Frankie would get Vegas throat. Because I, I love Frankie Valley, but every time he did, I didn't have to work. And Vegas was not fun in 1984. Vegas throat sounds like an SCD. 
<laughs> no, it's just, it's so fucking dry there. Yeah. That singers get Vegas throat, which, I mean, you know, when you're doing two shows a night, yeah. singing, especially when you're singing Sherry yeah. or whatever, but he's not the only one. They all get it. Yeah. And of course, if you're there for, you know, they used to work Elvis like a mule. I mean, he was there for like 28 days in a row, two shows a day, no days off. I mean, it was... Could you ever do the same thing? Like, I always wonder about that one because, you know, obviously Broadway... How can you do the same thing every day when it's like, oh. it's, I don't know how they do, because I, even when I do a show, I was going to ask you about this when you have, so I, I break down shows, I get five blocks and sometimes your brain leaves what you're doing and you're going like, oh, I got I got three more. Sh-. You're freezing. Yeah, it's so freezing <laughs> in here. Aren't you? I'm not, but I have a jacket wow. if you want it. No, no. I got no I'm three used on. to this. It's, but, uh, it's 61 degrees in here. Yeah, that's your, Cal- <laughs> you're, you are now a Californian. I love, club, I love Club Random, but the heat, Maybe it's part of the charm, but yes. it is fucking cold in here. Go ahead. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, uh, what was I saying? I can't remember. It was I'm the, something I'm the, about- one on, I'm the one on the pot, Greg. So. What do you, uh, what what, do you have? You know yeah, sure. Uh, is it strong or is it? Uh, Come on. It's Club Random and it's Bill Moore. What do you think? Well, the thing is, I'm not a big pothead, but well, I'm going don't to. do it. Just, oh, I'm definitely don't, don't doing apologize. it. Just either. No, I'm going to do it. Yeah, there you go. Here's a. I, I won't give you mine. I'll give you something a little. I like the little. Did you roll that yourself? Little no. The little cone roll. I've never, never been able to roll a joint. All right, um, I'm going to no. take my. Uh, my wife won't be watching this. She's in Spain. Right, as if it's live. <laughs> Where could you ever find it? So, so you have a wife. Yeah, I do. <laughs> For now. For Whoa, now, don't say that. <laughs> no. She's gonna be so mad at you. Yeah, she's in Spain right now. She's. I uh, know, but we're broadcasting this. <laughs> <laughs> Elena, I apologize, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I don't know where she. Yeah, she's. How um, long have you been married? Uh, what is it? Two thousand and I was forty. I'm fifty-eight. Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Eighteen years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. You have a. You have a. Um, I'm going to see how this goes, a, and if it's like, here, if it fucking get, knocks me on my ass, but if it doesn't, I'll, I'm going to smoke it all, but I'm going to just, I'm doing my little test. Here. Oh, thank you. There you go. I love being behind a bar. Yeah, I met her. She was the, uh, when I met her, I was the editor. It was my first day on the job at Maxim UK, but we had our, uh, we had a meeting in uh, Portugal with all the Maxim mags, and she was the photo editor of Russian Maxim. Oh, so she's Russian. She was 21. Oh. I was 39. And uh, her hotel room was next to mine, which shows you how lazy I am. But it, but it, uh, <laughs> but I met her and I go, oh, that, uh, that's my wife. Really? I just knew it. I just knew it. That's and, amazing. And then I spent three days in Portugal trying to talk to her. And then the last, the last night that I was there, the guys from, uh, Czechoslovakia or whatever you call it, the Czech Republic, they were going to go into town and get really fucking high, buy Coke and do all this shit. And I'm going to, I'm going to do that because this is not happening. So I've been working on this girl and it's not happening. And they go, and this was the Russian dudes, the Czech guys. And they're going, we're going to go into Lisbon. I don't know where it is. What the fuck? And I said, I'm coming. And because we're going to get fucked up. And then as I left, I saw her and I just said, I figured I'd give her one more shot. And I said, yeah, I go, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Wow. And she just said, I never forget. She goes, I, I'd expect something better from Greg Gutfeld. And then I was like, I, that's the first real that's sentence. That's kind of a compliment. Yes. 
And then I just, that I waved at those guys and told them to leave. So she knew who you were? Because she, oh, she bought my articles for uh, Russian Men's Fitness. I see, I see. And, uh, and Max, so she knew me, but I didn't know that she knew me. So, but, uh, so then you did go out with her? Yeah, well, we, we, yeah, we, we hung out that night and she said that if we slept together, she would never see me again. She spoke English? Yeah, uh, pretty well. She spoke Spanish, English, and Russian. Wow. Uh, but, uh, and so then we had our first date in Paris and, uh, yeah, it was very, it was like in three months we were married. Mm. I think three months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. And it sounds from the way you tell the story, I'm, and actually because you were able to make that joke before, it sounds like it's actually a good marriage. She has to put up with a lot of shit. I mean, the thing is, she's moved. Every guy says that. <laughs> no, because every, it's true. Every guy, I know. Like, That's why you're not married, because you know, you know, you know, actually, you know the contract. But, but, you know what happens. You've been around a lot of people. Uh, you have the, you have part of the, you have the <laughs> yes. part of the Gene Simmons kind of gene in your head where it's like, you know, this is what happens when you get married. Everything stops. Well, Gene, <laughs> I'm not Gene Simmons. I didn't play it. He, he, had, he invited a lot of misery into his life yeah, by that's true. trying to have it both ways. That's true. And it's just, it makes you miserable. And, yeah. And then it makes you like subservient. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's interesting to me. I'm not saying married men are trained or anything, but they all do have that immediate reaction that she has to put up a lot with me. Yeah. They, they, You're not allowed to say like, the opposite, though. They're so, not, well, not allowed to say, hey. So you can say it to your friends. You can say it to your friends in private, like, oh, man, she's breaking my balls. But you can't actually say that publicly because you're fucked completely. All right. That's, <laughs> and that's why another. <laughs> see, I like to keep it real all the time. So yeah. I, I. But this, so you this, are this, what you're saying is you you are you are never willing to lose an argument because a marriage marriage is about ne- no, men losing no, Greg, arguments. I am never willing to have an argument <laughs> and I never do. You never had an argument. Oh, I, of course I had when I was in traditional relationships. Yeah. I have not had an argument in a long time. Yeah. So and what I you've done it. is you've, you've like, it's like you've manicured a lawn to keep those arguments out. That's, we, I, I, it, we are it, it, not going to go into specifics, but, <laughs> but I am just telling you, uh, I love a life where, yes, you never have an argument because, you know, romance, I mean, what, there's really only two things in life that, I really love to do well besides work, mm-hmm. but there's talking and there's fucking. Yeah. Everything else is sort of secondary. Both I mean, of those are evolutionary designed to be the only things. <laughs> I love them both yeah, with the right yeah. person. Yes. I mean, but, uh, you know, watching a movie together, all of that's great. And then, it, but it's, but the, the two peak things are like talking. Do you, do you notice that? Have you seen the stuff about how people aren't fucking anymore because yes. of this? And because, because yeah. this is, is, Fulfilling, at least for men, the uh, that that desire yeah. without having to go and put up with what what I would say the other stuff. They're, <laughs> the other they're, men are so lost and so stupid and lazy and inept that they're just they're <laughs> they're, they're okay with like porn is good, porn's great. Yeah, porn is great, but it's not the same category. It's just and. The fact that there, I mean, there were lots of times when I was younger, I was very inept. And I was at a school, college, where there was very few women, and I didn't know how to get them. And I was super horny. And that went on for quite a long time. Okay, so I know it. it feels like to be... And by the way, that made you a 
successful comedians. So if you don't have that anymore, that challenge, you wouldn't, you're not going to have very creative, well, smart yeah, people. Okay. Well, that may be true too. But <laughs> the point I was going for is that like, even when I only had masturbation, I was not happy with this for one second. Right. I didn't surrender like these kids do and be yeah. like, oh, you know what? There's That's porn. It. It's like, no, I'm masturbating, thinking about something that I want to actually do. <laughs> if that thing I'm thinking about. No, it's true. I used to do a bit in my act. that I always thought it was, a, I always enjoyed this one, about how I could never jerk off to a movie that took place like in the Middle Ages. Because like when I jerk off, it has are to be- Are there movies? Wait, what movies are you talking about? I'm just saying when, when I jerk off, it has to be connected to something that could actually happen. I'm, you're, it's a scenario you're imagining where you're actually at the end of it when you come fucking the person in your scenario. Uh, okay, so if I'm watching a hot chick in a movie about that takes place in the year 1132, there's no way I can actually fuck that chick. Yeah. I need to get it. You time need the reality. Machine. That's why the number one thing on Pornhub is step, uh, was it stepmoms? Because all of, there's millions of families with teenage boys and stepmothers. So the number one thing on Pornhub, don't ask me how I know, it just pops up, is that it's all like step stepmother, stepdad uh, stuff. Right. And it's like, yes. it's, yeah, why it, is that? I think it's because it's, what you said, it's familiar to their life and it's possible. What the is potential familiar? is there. Incest? No, no, they're not related. It's like, it's like if you have a, st- a hot, all of a sudden your dad, you get to, you get, your dad marries this 23 year old hot, whatever. She's not related to you. That's the, that's the search, the go-to search on like Pornhub. Why? Because they imagine this is going to really happen? Well, no, I'm using your logic. I'm saying that it's masturbatory material, but there's a possibility that maybe it's part of their life. And very close. And they're lazy. So yes. It does make sense. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How it's do like, they monetize that? Though? That's the oh, thing that, that, that I that, don't that, get. That is fascinating. I never really actually Because it's free. That. Do you no, remember? The, the uh, idea, let me ask you this. The idea that they... I've wondered about this. The idea that incest porn is really about being lazy. <laughs> it's about being lazy. Yeah. The person. You don't is, want to even leave the house. <laughs> you don't want to leave the house. She's right there. She's right there. <laughs> oh my God. That is an epiphany. This is, this is, it is an epiphany. <laughs> it really is. Do you remember though? Okay. So I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you. Getting porn was the hardest thing in the world like if somebody had a magazine in your neighborhood, you oh. you would put it in a bush in the uh, wherever, and we did. it was exactly it was common. We hit him in the woods. You hit him in the woods, and I would t- so I, I I called it. And hedge. they got muddy. Yeah, I called hedge porn. <laughs> it was always muddy, and it was porn, but it was like I used to call it hedge porn, and I'm explaining it to my staff because I got people that are much younger, and they are they are perplexed. They go, no. You had to act, it was like trying to get laid for you guys, but it's us trying to just get porn. So we could like, it would be in a tree, in a tree hole, whatever you call those things, right. put them in there. And then the guy that had the most porn was like super well-known, right? He had the, he was the one who had the stash. I you had to be like nice to him. I, squ- I feel like I squirreled them out of houses that I was babysitting at. <laughs> I can remember, really? I can remember 
cut like covers of magazines because they were like when Farrah Fawcett was like big. It was like there was like these covers that I remember. She wasn't naked, but she was like on the cover or something. And well, Farrah Fawcett was certainly a. She was best. the. Uh, remember that poster? Of course, we. Yeah, all. the po- You know the best poster though. I mean, Raquel Welch died. Oh, that w- one million BC poster oh, was. We all had it. We all had it. Yeah. And you, by the way, so I was like, I was born in 64. I was like 68, 69. I didn't even know why I was looking at it. Like, you know what I mean? When you, I can remember looking at her legs, veering upward and not understanding what I was looking at. But for some reason I had to, it's just, it, it, we are wired yeah. for that. Not at that age. I wasn't, I had no interest in girls or sex. I didn't know what it was. It was absolutely immaterial to my life until I, uh, like 11 or 12, when I hit puberty. Yeah. It's... And and then it was everything. But until then, it was baseball cards. You... And, you know, it was just, it was just. Can you remember music that yes. you listened to before puberty? Music Before came... puberty. No. Is that amazing? It was just the music that the parents had in the house. Yes. It, that always blows my mind that I try yeah. to go, but I must have liked, yeah. like novelty music, like Ray Stevens yes, or I, something. I, I remember corny fucking Broadway show tunes <laughs> that they were listening to on show tune albums, you know, like anything you can, can do, do, I can do. <laughs> I just wanted to shoot that bitch. <laughs> but, it was, but the thing is there what the, what's interesting is there was stuff that you did listen to but when puberty hits it erases it completely and i'm like going like I, no I, but there was no music that i was purposely listening to none i had no interest i didn't want to how about never, like the char the charlie brown christmas album no, you didn't have that nothing i mean i remember the uh Chipmunks singing the Christmas Al- song. Yes, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks. A weird relationship for that man. <laughs> <laughs> that man, that, that man was. Christmas did he have a family? Christmas <laughs> is here. <laughs> I don't know if that guy had a family. I, I, he just said chipmunks. Because I was a kid, I like that. That was like a, a novelty record. So maybe we had that, but no. That's all it was. Was novelty, I, novelty music, AM so, radio on the way to school, and then you're in the car, and something comes on the radio. And it's a rock song, and like there's a, it just goes like this, boom, and then everything's over. It could have been like the Stones or something, like a riff, and then you're completely, everything that happened before. It's a loss of innocence, really. It's like all that stuff. My first album was Sgt. Pepper, and it had been out about a year. So I wasn't really on the tip in 67, but like 68 is the year I, I remember. First, caring about music, listening to it, putting a record on that I put on yeah. that I wanted to hear, a song I wanted to hear. My sister Chris had and then it, all these records. So I, but my, I think my first one was Steve Miller, The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> How does that? Yeah, I know that's right. Is that the seventy seventy three? Maybe seventy four. Something like that. Yeah, but, oh, it was. Yeah, that's a great record. Oh, uh, it's. It, but is that Maurice? <laughs> they call him Maurice. They call him Maurice. With the with that note, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> he was amazing, and then Fly Like an Eagle was it? Such toker. a great album. I'm a midnight. Okay, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's an amazing guitarist too. Did you know that he like grew up with Les Paul? I get my loving on the run. Yeah, you, you gotta like. Well, you know what? Every <laughs> every musician was that did those like I'm a rambling man was smart because basically when they when a girl gets serious they go listen to my song fucker I come I'm, a, I'm right. a rambling man I leave 
<laughs> I know, I go, there's a lot there's a lot of those right. songs in there because the guys like right. were like chick you got yes. you're great but listen oh, I, yes. I warned you baby baby <laughs> don't, don't get, get hooked on me yes. i love the line in that song but it's warm where you're touching me yes okay <laughs> That's, that's exactly right. He can just go, he go like, I said, don't get hooked on me. Right. If you're in any kind of divorce settlement, that wins. <laughs> yeah, like, there should have been another verse to that song. Baby, baby, I really spelled it out. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have been any more specific. <laughs> I said very plainly to you over and over on multiple occasions. Don't get hooked. What part of hooks and me don't you understand? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right. On that note, I'm, I cannot. I, it is just too cold here. What do you want to do? I got to go. Well, I have a dinner at Ariana's. but uh, Ah, Ariana. I had dinner with her. You did? <laughs> years ago. Really? Like 20 years ago. I love her. She's insane. But uh, the last, so the last. Uh, she's the most sane person I know. <laughs> but I got to tell you, there's nothing in there's she's that, the, insane. insane does not describe Ariana. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she. Uh, last time I saw her was on an Amtrak train. She was sitting in my sister's seat, and I had to. I went over. This is like really, yeah, like a year ago. No, wait, Trump was president. I so it was two. Years. Ariana was on Amtrak. Yeah, on the cell. Ariana Huffington. Yes. She was, she, I walked onto the train. She's practically a billionaire. Yeah, I know. We had our tickets. Okay. And then I walk, and then I go, oh shit, I gotta go. So I go to Ariana, cause we, I wrote for the Huffington Post 20 years ago. I was oh. one of the first people that, uh, that wrote, I was one, probably the first person, I think, that posted on, uh, Huffington Post. I posted a recipe for lemon squares because I was looking at it like it was your aunt's blog. So oh. I would put recipes and <laughs> shit. But anyway, uh, Yes, I was uh, behind her, and I said, hey. And she goes, oh, Greg, how are you? Good to see you. <laughs> that's uh, not her accent. Uh, not, dude, I don't do accents. I see. That is it. That, that's but, Dr. Ruth Westheimer you're doing. Uh, R.I.P. I think she's dead. But Ariane is like this. <laughs> she's more <laughs> like Zsa Gabor. <laughs> but, uh, and I felt bad because I, the second thing, I, I, I wasn't there to say hi. I was there to say my, that's my sister's seat you're oh. in. <laughs> and I, I, it was just very awkward. And she goes, uh, Greg, it's nice you haven't changed. <laughs> that's what she says. It's nice that you haven't changed. But I was like, I go, hey, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. But uh, that's my sister. And, and that's her seat. And it was like, in, in, in the, I don't know why it was, uh, who cares why it was important. But anyway, but I felt bad. And then she says, hey, you have not, it's, it's good you haven't changed. And she walked away. But I like I had the strange I had a strange dinner at her place with John Cusack, Meg Ryan, and David Geffen in twenty. That sounds like her crew. Yeah, two thousand and four, maybe two thousand and five. Oh, I'm surprised we never met. We met once. <laughs> like I said, that time we met. met. No, but I don't think I met you either. So I was with her. I think I was with her. And Andrew Breitbart. Now, my, okay, so it might have been, and then there might have been Coulter in the mix. Oh, my God. And uh, it was an after party. Is that who you hang with? A, a real right-wing crowd like that? I haven't, yes, I know. I haven't seen Anne in ages. Uh, but uh, um, who are the other people? So we went, Breitbart's dead, so I can't hang with him. But uh, no, we went to, um, we went, I think you had an after party. 
But anyway. I did? Yes. <laughs> it was an after party for your show, and uh, and you were there. I think I shaked your hand, but I'm not sure I did. Oh, well, if it was It that, was one of those things. No one can remember. Yeah. And it was, to remember. that was like 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is funny the way sometimes people are sort of around you. Yeah. and then But you never quite meet. Yeah. You know? um, but listen- yeah, you, you made a big success to your show there. I, Thank you. Know, you. I always say to people, you know, um, you, you have to. You may not love somebody's success, but you have to respect success. You know. Yeah. I, I remember Paul Simon telling this story once on Bob Gostas's show, where he was. Oh no, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was some some other musician who was the, in the band was starting out and I forget what song came on the radio, but it was a real bubblegum yeah. song and they were all making fun of it. And he goes, shut up. We're not on the radio. They are. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who try and it's, uh, you know, to, yeah. to make a success of something and is, uh, so I'll take that I as mean, a compliment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not, honestly, I can't watch other shows. I've never been able yeah. to. It's, I think it's, it's a, not a good idea when you're in the talk show business to, but I know. We're all naked on that show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you should check it out. Cause it's uh, pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, there used to be a show called the Robin bird. I oh, think of she, course. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. She was like a sex worker. It was like, a, yeah. I, when I first got to New York, they had like channel J. Yeah. It was fucked the, up on the, cable box you had a yeah. literal box in yeah. your house and there was a naked talk show yeah she would, and she and she wasn't somebody that you want to be naked but she was <laughs> she was naked nonetheless and right. maybe that was the only thing you had because you were lazy right. there was no set mom <laughs> i wish i could remember like one second of that show it must have been funny but i think she was a hooker if i i, I uh and but it was a weird channel. They had like they had some other fuck, fucked up weird dudes on. It was a it, uh, yeah, yeah. But but, but now anyway, that's all television. You know, all I can say is the future of America, if there is one, is just going to be like I'm not sure exactly how much we disagree on things. Yeah, but I'm sure there's plenty of places where we do. Yeah, and the future of America is where two people who disagree to those degrees still can just talk yeah. and not hate each other. Because like, you know, like I always say, you have so much more in common sometimes with somebody. Look at all these fucking things, these coincidences. And it's like, okay, you know, unless you're actually advocating that we, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, got the 1964 Civil Rights Act or <laughs> you know, you're a cannibal or something, like whatever it is, you know, like, yeah, it's, it, I don't, this is more like how, when I was a kid, adults were, they didn't fucking get into each other's like religion or their politics. Yeah. You know, they just was like, they kind of had a feeling from like yeah. the things a guy says. Politics you know, like, should like, oh, be like sports where you can talk about well, your team just when your team's doing well, uh, but you don't shit on the other team. <laughs> That's, it should just be. Well, it, or it's just like. I, I, I seem to remember when I was a kid and my parents, I, I knew their friends, you know, mm -hmm. you know your parents' friends. And I knew what my parents thought of their friends and they would, I feel like they would pick up on certain things that made them know, oh, this, you know, Uncle Paul is a little right wing. Yeah. You know, he was military and he's just not, but they didn't hate him. Yes. And didn't like go visit them in Maryland because <laughs> yes. the Uncle Paul was, you know, voted for Nixon or yeah. whatever. It's yeah. like that. It's 
Jesus Christ, you just can't get everybody to be a carbon copy of you. Yeah, exactly. It's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're getting so excited about <laughs> this. But I think it's to keep warm. Anyway, yeah. I know you flew here. Yeah, for yourself. I came Thank here you. just that for you, was, buddy. Uh, that was, I know, that's, uh, I mean, it's a, I take that as a tremendous compliment. I really do. Can I take one last drag out of this? You can take you can take it with you. I don't know. I don't know if the driver, yeah. who is an aspiring uh, filmmaker, take, by the just way, take it as a, <laughs> take it as a souvenir. <laughs> I don't yes. think you'll be okay uh, with that. It's legal, bro. Okay. Ooh, that was nice. Club.